2: My life has been a roller coaster from birth. You may think that my story is unrealistic, but everything I'm about to tell you is true. When I was about five months old, an old man, Mr. O'Sullivan, found me on his porch when he was going outside to feed his cat. I was in a cardboard box wrapped in a blanket. I wasn't crying or anything, just looking around. Before I tell you what happened next, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. Don't forget to hit that notification bell if you never want to miss out on another great story. Thanks! You're the best! You might be thinking that he called the police immediately and tried to get rid of me as soon as possible, but he didn't do that. He decided that he'd try to take care of me himself, and whenever anyone asked, he told them that I was his granddaughter. He named me Julia, after his long lost wife. As I grew up, he told me lots of interesting stories about his hometown in Ireland. I went to bed dreaming about leprechauns, fairies, and all the cool mythical creatures I was convinced lived there. I called him grandpa my whole life, until I was about 10 years old. He decided to tell me the truth about where I came from. So, you don't know who my parents are?
3: No, and they never came searching for you either. I always thought they'd show up here one day, but that never happened. I suppose they had some kind of difficulty and they just couldn't take care of you. But don't worry, I always make sure that you're happy and well taken care of.
2: I was grateful for him, but still sad. Then. I experienced the most depressing and heartbreaking thing that ever happened to me. When I was 15 years old and Mr. O'Sullivan was 90, he passed away peacefully in his sleep. I was all alone and I didn't know what to do. I was terrified of going to some kind of orphanage or to a foster care with people I didn't know. I called the police and they showed up at my house with an ambulance. My dear Mr. O'Sullivan was taken away and I was interviewed. I decided that I had to tell them the truth, and while I was doing that, some neighbors were passing and decided to listen too.
3: So you're not his real granddaughter? He found you on the porch? One of them
2: said. Everyone looked amazed. Yes. Before I could blink there were cameras everywhere and I was surrounded by reporters. I was asked to tell my whole life story and I was honestly so overwhelmed by everything that I did as they asked. Oh you can stay with us for tonight honey, said one of my kind neighbors after everyone had left. Her name was Marina and she lived alone. I slept for a really long time because it's what I usually did when I was sad.
4: I woke up to Marina shaking me. Julia, Julia, there are some people outside who want to meet you. Come quickly. I got up, got dressed, brushed my teeth, and went to
2: see what she was talking about. As I walked into the living room I was taken aback by a very well
4: dressed couple sitting on the couch. This is Melinda and Patrick. Let me talk to you in the kitchen for a second. She dragged me into the kitchen and whispered, Julia, these are two of the richest people in the country. They aren't millionaires. They're billionaires. And they're interested in adopting you. I know that life has been very sad lately, but this could be the change that you needed in life. Maybe it will all work out. Just be nice to them out there. I went back to the living room and sat down. Hi, Julia. It's a pleasure to meet you. We heard about your story on the news and we found it very, um, touching. We came here today to express our interest in adopting you. Well, that's if you'd like us to. Well, I
2: suppose I have nowhere else to go anyway. Thank you.
3: Great, we'll get the paper signed this afternoon. Will you be ready to leave tomorrow morning?
2: Patrick said. Yes, I will be. Thanks again. I spent the rest of the day back in Mr. O'Sullivan's house packing a few of my favorite things into suitcases. He had left the house to me but I wouldn't be able to fully inherit it until I was 18. I asked Marina to keep an eye on it. The next day I was ready to leave. They didn't pick me up, instead they sent one of their drivers. He drove a very expensive looking car, although I don't know the brand because I know nothing about cars. We drove for about two hours and when we got to the house I felt like I was in some awkward kind of dream. This isn't a house. This is a palace.
3: Well, yeah, it's pretty huge. I'll take your things inside.
2: I felt like it would take an entire day to walk around the building. When I walked through the door, it was too much to take in. Everything looked super expensive. I felt like I was too unimportant to be there. And what happened next certainly made me feel that way. Melinda walked in and didn't even say hi. She was completely different from the person I met the day before. Come with me. I'll show you around the house. She said without even smiling, I never imagined that my new mom would be so unenthusiastic about my arrival. There were at least 40 bedrooms and each one was decorated differently from the last. The bathrooms were extremely spacious and all smelled wonderful. In addition to the bedrooms, there were all sorts of other rooms which were being used for different purposes. A games room, a cinema,
4: a bar, a massive
2: library and several playrooms. Why do you have
4: so many playrooms? Oh, they're for our two children, Carly and Jake. You'll meet them later. I didn't even know they had children. Now I'll show you to your room.
2: I was happy because my legs hurt from all the walking. I started to feel a bit of excitement imagining what my luxurious bedroom in this massive house would look like. But I was taken to the basement. I thought you said you were taking me to my room. Don't be rude. You're an orphan. Be grateful for what you receive. In the dark basement, there was a little door which led to a tiny bedroom with no windows. There was a small bed with some dirty old sheets on top, a desk, and a candle. It smelled musty. This was much worse than my bedroom at Mr. O'Sullivan's house. This is your room. I couldn't believe it. Here I was in this mansion owned by billionaires who had adopted me and they wanted to keep me in an old basement. Almost every bedroom upstairs was beautiful and
4: empty with a view of the ocean. But I would be stuck here. Which bathroom can I use? Outside there is a well. You will carry a bucket to the well and fill it up and come back here to clean yourself up. There's a toilet for these servants outside and you can use that one. Oh, and I nearly forgot to show you. She led me to a little cabinet next to my bed. This is your food supply for the week. There was some bread, crackers, a tub
2: of margarine and a few apples. There were also two bottles of water. So do you mean I will have to
4: eat down here by myself? Yes? What did you expect? To eat at the same table with us wealthy people?
2: (laughs) She left the room and went upstairs. I sat on the bed for a few minutes in total disbelief. Was this a prank? How on earth could they treat me like this when they had so, so much? The next few days were probably the worst of my life. I really missed Mr. O'Sullivan and the way I was treated did nothing to help the situation. I was really hungry and I hated life in that basement. Everyone in the house ignored me, even the servants. Sometimes Patrick seemed to feel sorry for me. Carly and Jake looked at me like I was the most disgusting thing they'd ever seen. To make things worse, I was registered in the worst school in the district. I'd have to walk for 30 minutes to the main road then catch the school bus. Although my new mom and dad had at least 10 cars and different drivers for each one. Carly and Jake went to an expensive private school. During the first week of school I couldn't get any clean water from the well, so I couldn't clean myself properly. People at school began to tease me about being smelly and poor. Poor because I only had the same 5 outfits and I wore them every single week. I usually sat in the back and spoke to no one. When I got back home I would go straight to my room in the basement until one day, I noticed that my adoptive parents didn't get home until much later. So sometimes I'd walk around the house to admire the rooms or I'd go outside to explore the massive garden. One afternoon while I was walking around the back of the garden I heard a strange sound. Psst! I looked around and saw a funny looking boy about my age. You're that
0: girl
3: who was found on the man's doorstep, aren't you? I scowled at him. No, no, I'm not trying to be rude. I think your story is so interesting. I'm so sorry about all that happened to you. It's great that you've been adopted and you get to live here, though. I'm Todd, by the way. I live over there,"
2: he said while pointing to the house next door. It was also a huge mansion. Well, you'd think that my life was perfect here, but it really isn't. I don't know why I felt like I could trust him, but I did. I told him everything and he looked like he could cry.
3: I always knew these two were awful, but I never imagined that they could do something like this. Why don't you come over to my house for dinner?
2: And just like that, Todd became my best friend. After school, I'd go to his house and stay for dinner. His parents were very nice to me. No one at the other house noticed that I was gone anyway. On weekends, I stayed home and when I was sure that no one was home, I'd go exploring again. One Saturday, Melinda and Patrick had taken their children to a water park and I was home alone. After raiding their fridge and bringing some snacks back to my basement, I decided to walk around a bit. I was on the fourth floor and I noticed that one of the rooms was left slightly open. I pushed it and looked inside. Carly was sitting on the floor playing with the dollhouse. It seemed to be her room. It looked exactly like what I'd imagine a princess room to look like, filled with sparkles, glitter, dolls, tons of toys, and lots of other cool things.
4: Ew! what are you doing in my room? I thought you weren't home. I stayed home because I wasn't feeling well. You're supposed to be downstairs. You're never supposed to be up here. You're not one of us.
2: I rolled my eyes and walked away. I wasn't about to argue with a stupid child. I went back to
4: the basement and later that day, Melinda barged through my door. What were you doing walking around our house? Have you lost your mind? You scared my daughter and you made her room smell terrible. Am I just supposed to stay
2: down here all day?
4: Yes, we don't want you interfering with our stuff. By the way, you smell really bad. The well is empty, I sighed. You're grounded. You're not even allowed to go to school for at least a week. And I'm not giving you any food. She slammed my door.
2: I curled up on my bed feeling extremely depressed. I cried for a few hours. Then I heard a noise in my room. I opened my eyes and lit the candle and there was a rat walking near the food cabinet. I nearly screamed but instead I got up, ran upstairs, and straight out the door. I can tolerate a lot, but not rats. I ran all the way to Todd's house and knocked on the door. When nobody opened, I threw stones at his window until he woke up and saw me. What's wrong? He said while opening the door. I told him everything. I can't stay there anymore. I have to run away.
3: I'll run with you. Sounds exciting.
2: He packed a bag with everything he thought we would need and we walked until we found a bus. I don't understand why you're doing this. Your life is already perfect. You could have just let me go on my own.
3: Well, actually, I tricked you. We're going to stay at a hotel for a day and then we'll go to the media with your story. I think everyone deserves to know what happened to you.
2: We had a wonderful day the next day. In the afternoon, Todd called several journalists who came straight to the hotel to interview me. I told them everything those awful billionaires put me through. They were outraged and when my story went live, everyone was too. We both went back to Todd's house where his
4: parents were waiting for me with open arms. You can stay with us until this is all sorted out. The police came to arrest these two dreadful people today and now their kids are in foster care. It's crazy how the tables have turned anyway you're safe
2: here his mom hugged me melinda and patrick are still in jail today for child abuse and i have no idea where their own kids are years later i found out their reason for adopting me before i was born patrick had an affair with his secretary and had a daughter that looked just like me melinda wouldn't allow him to be a part of her life and he was only sent pictures once in a while when he saw me on the news i reminded him so much of her that he begged melinda and she agreed that they could adopt me But I still reminded her of her husband's unfaithfulness, which is why she treated me so horribly. Patrick wasn't strong enough to tell her to stop because he still felt a lot of guilt. None of this made any sense to me, but life is like that sometimes.
3: Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to, no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet full of them feels even better. That's American Giant.com, code STA PLE20.
1: When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons, or the moment you discover the life changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. <sighs>